How do you understand your company's reputation as an employer? Metrics vary from company to company, making it hard to benchmark your progress against competitors. This is where the Employer Brand Index comes in. It analyzes what employees, candidates, and alumni are saying about your company and quantifies these findings into a single score. We can even dive into your talent competitors to really understand how competitive your employer brand is. Our team of talent analysts collect all available data points, discover patterns, and deliver a report full of insights and recommendations. Want to know more? Go to employerbrandindex.co. Hey, Sun Svesan! It's Jorgen Sundberg here with the Employer Branding Podcast by Link Humans, London's Employer Branding Agency. Now, an existential question, which I hope the answer is positive, but who knows? Does employment brand really matter? We shall find out in today's episode. Let's start the show. Morgan Hoopfeld, how are you doing? I'm good, Jordan. How are you doing today? I'm very good, thanks. Please uh, let us know uh, what you do. So I'm a global director of talent acquisition for ESAB, uh, the largest uh, manufacturer of welding supply and products uh, in the world. So I'm head of a talent acquisition, basically for all of our locations on every continent that we're in all over the entire world, responsible for bringing process from a center of excellence standpoint and delivering and implementing and uh, into the business. Great. And uh, this is the employer branding podcast. So I've got to ask you, what is your definition of employment brand? Yeah, so it's a good question. So I, my own personal definition, I would, I would say it's, it's a marketing piece. Mm-hmm. It's, probably, it's, it's advertising. It's a marketing piece. It's an advertisement and simply with the focus on instead of a product or maybe the product in this case is, is the company. You're trying to sell the company. You're trying to deliver it to us the message to a certain to certain people, to all people, what I guess whoever your target market is, if there's a target market that exists. Right. So is there in your, in your mind, is there a distinction between employment brand and employment, employment branding, the activity? Yeah, I think there is. I think, you know, it's obviously the activity. So if you, if you focus on employment branding, ING, that would probably, uh, you know, maybe have a collection of all the activities that it takes to build one's great company's employment brand. So I think it's kind of like maybe it's like building your own personal brand, right? You, you, you do the branding by utilizing tools such as maybe, maybe this is your radio show. It's part of your employment brand. You utilize LinkedIn. Maybe you have a professional Facebook page. Those are all your activities. but you know, what is your brand? Who is your brand? What does your brand say? You know, things like that. So I'd, I'd say there's a little bit of a difference. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I know you're talking around uh, concepts of, called the leadership brand. So tell us what, what that means and how does it relate to employment brand? It's a good question. So I think, you know, leadership brand is a term that I coined just myself. I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say I made it up, but I think, you know, my perspective and my opinion on this is really, when I look at corporate America and I've, you know, been around the block, worked for many different companies, big and small, uh, several different global brands as well. You know, at first I'd say, you know, no company's perfect and no people are perfect. Yeah. And every, you know, a lot of people do try to get better, some more than others. Uh, the companies try to get better, some more than others. And 
I think, you know, the leadership, what it comes down to for me from what, what I've seen and I've hired, helped hire thousands of people in my recruiting career, whether it was through an executive search firm or even through a, uh, you know, through large companies I work for is, you know, people, people want to work. They're excited to come to companies for various reasons, but there's only really one, you know, a lot of times it boils down to one good reason. And maybe there's a few, but really a lot of times it's one good reason on why the people choose to leave. And that's, you know, who their leader is. Sometimes they have a great leader and it makes them want to stay. It makes them want to be at the company forever. Um, sometimes people are, unfortunately, they don't have a great leader and it could cause them to not want to be at the company and to go look for something new to a new company, to a new leader, take a chance on something else. So bringing it back full circle is a leadership brand. It's perhaps something that we don't as corporate America categorize every single day, or do we bring to the forefront to talk about like how great our leadership is and how great, you know, your perspective boss could be. Cause it's really impossible to, you know, talk about each potential leader through a huge company. But at the end of the day, I think sometimes company people may come to a company for an employment brand or what they perceive to see an employment brand, but they'll ultimately leave for somebody that has a poor leadership brand. Okay. All right. So in your opinion, does employment brand matter or should we focus more on leadership brand? Look, I, I think it matters. I think if I was to break it down between, you know, someone asked me, Morgan, you know, in your opinion, does employment brand matter? And, you know, hundred percent, what, what would be the percentage that it matters? You know, I, I'd say, honestly, I think I would say less than 50% mm-hmm. for me. I think that you could get carried away creating social media pages and creating career sites and evolving your career site and doing this and doing that. And at the end of the day, like I said, it's a marketing piece. And, and it's no different than what you've probably experienced in your life or what I've experienced in my life, where it's as simple as, you know, you, you go to a restaurant, you go to any of these review sites like a Yelp or a Foursquare or something. And, you know, a lot of people say it's good. A lot of people say it's not so great. Some people don't like it at all. Or if you buy something on Amazon and you can read the reviews and you'll have, you know, 98% of the people say it's great. 1% says it's medium and 1% says it's bad. So it really comes down to, you know, just really, what you want to do with it. But I, I personally would have an emphasis and focus on the leadership and building leaders and building managers to, uh, uh, that are, are great and that are authentic leaders and that can really lead and drive people and get the best out of them and treat them well. And I think you'll end up getting more productivity and better people and keep them and retain them longer and get more out of them versus investing purely and spending tons of money on a career site and a LinkedIn page or a Twitter page on employment jobs. Yeah, I think I absolutely agree with that. And, and uh, I mean, to me, there's a slight distinction between, between the, the branding piece and the, I mean, the, the activation or the recruitment marketing side of things where you can pour hundreds of grand, or hundreds of thousands into uh, uh, Facebook advertising but not actually seeing any any impact on the employer brand, but to me, the employer right. brand or employment brand itself, that's more about reputation. It is actually your reputation as, as an employer. And I would argue that uh, you can't really, um, you, you, you can only influence the reputation. You don't really own it. Um, but I think influencing, yeah. doing things like, um, uh, yeah, upskilling your, your leaders or working on culture, uh, understanding purpose and so on, I, I would argue that that's, useful exercises but i'm not convinced that uh, all the advertising is absolutely necessary just like you were saying about the 
the websites and, and all that stuff. Right, exactly. Well, what's, what you mentioned review sites there. What, what is your take on uh, Glassdoor, for instance? I mean, I think Glassdoor is a, fl- a fine platform. I think a lot of people obviously go to it and use it. I know they've been very successful. They were recently bought. So I, I think somebody probably smarter than me somewhere sees the value behind it and what they do. I think from my perspective, though, it's like anything else, right? So people, a lot of times people are only going to say the negative things. And so that's what you're going to see a lot. And that's what you used to see a lot on Glassdoor. So it's very subjective. And a lot of times you see, you know, either people that unfortunately maybe were, were laid off or caught in a downsize, maybe somebody that was just purely negative and going on there and posting, you know, things and mean things. And I've, I've heard stories of things that were so bad that have to get taken down. Um, and, and I think over the years it's evolved where, Glassdoor has given employers the ability to kind of quote unquote fight back, if you will. And so what they've done is they've, you know, if you, if you purchase your page or purchase your, you know, your, your platform there so that you can, you know, edit your page. Now you can actually respond to those types of inquiries and, and questions and comments and things like that. You know, typically it's hard though from an employer standpoint, because anything that you say can, you know, can maybe urge somebody the wrong way. So you have to be very careful with it. So typically, from what I've seen in my experience there, it's always been like involved with like the communications department. They're very careful. A lot of companies do like it to utilize it for, you know, communication and to really have another piece to their employment brand. But at the end of the day, I think for me, like, I, I just don't know what the what the ROI on that is. You know, like I said, it's there's going to be people that will just always be negative. They'll always say, you know, bad things. It's kind of like politics in the United States right now, right? It's like no matter what happens, there's always going to be a group in either direction that's unhappy with the results. And I think that's what you're going to find with a lot of Glassdoor. So again, it's I always advise people, they say, well, Morgan, you know, I'm going to go to Glassdoor and you check out your company. And I tell them, I say, look, hey, that's fine. Please do go there, review the comments, everything. But just remember, it's very subjective. And what I would do and urge you to do is you know, in the interview, in the conversation, ask questions, ask a lot of questions, find out about the person, do your own reference checks on who your leader might be, reference check it through the panel, talk to them, go deep with it. A lot of times people just skim the surface on interviews and they're just, they're nervous, they're timid, they're, they, you know, they, they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of nervous about being there in the interview. They don't want to mm-hmm. ask a lot of questions. They don't ask the right questions. So anyway, bringing it back so my, um, with Glassdoor, again, it's a fine organization and a fine business. I just warn people that it's very subjective and to be very careful of what you see and read. But then on the flip side as well, you know, it's another marketing piece. It's an opportunity for a company to paint the greatest picture that they can, and rightfully so. You know, they want to paint the picture of just a fun and all the cool things we're doing. But unfortunately, you know, no company's perfect, and sometimes you know, they're not going to be transparent when they do say, Hey, look, you know, we've had to have a layoff or our business is slumping or whatever the case is. Those are all things just to be very careful about. Yeah. I don't know about you. When I book a holiday or, or, or a hotel or something, I always look at the worst reviews on TripAdvisor first <laughs> to get the truth. Uh, or what could be perceived, perceived as the truth. Perceived, right. But, yeah. but that's, that's, a, and that's a good point though. You know, so like my, my wife, you know, she, She's, we, we don't, we don't really look at TripAdvisor at all just because I think if, if, if I did and I went there, I would never go anywhere because again, there's always going to be something perceived as negative. So I would say, you know, if we use that example with Glassdoor, that could be very true. And I learned a long time ago when I was very, very young, when I was, I think about 17, 18, I, I, 
got out of high school. I joined the military and went right in and, you know, you, you get thrown to the wolves and you meet a lot of people that are, are there for good things. You get some people that's had bad experiences and it's always the ones that are the negative ones that first migrate to you and kind of tell you how bad it is. And you got to watch out for this person. And if you listen to advice like that and you listen to things, you would fall in a hole and be right there along with the others. You have to really what you do, no matter what you do in life, you really have to make the best out of each opportunity, out of each situation and find your way yourself. Now, you, t- you take advice, you listen to others and kind of but you, you make your own choices, make your own pathway and find out what's best for yourself. Yeah, good advice. Right. So, so what really makes people take jobs, in your opinion, if it's not Glassdoor, what, what is it? Like a certain platform are you talking about that makes people find jobs? What, make, what, what makes their mind up in the end? I think it's relationships. It's it's relationships and human dialogue. And, and I think there's nothing more than that. That's that, Those are the most important factors. It's relationships and human dialogue. And I think when you have those two and you can look somebody in the eye and have an honest, honest and transparent conversation with them and tell them the challenges and tell them what you're going to do for them and tell them what you need you them to do for you and tell them about the company and the organization and, and what goes on and how it works and so forth and so on. That's going to what that's going to do. Or that's what makes people take jobs and pers- pers- uh, persuade someone to leave one organization and come to another. You know, it's uh, it's, it's very stressful to take, to leave your position. I, I, I saw an article, I read an article years ago that was um, they did research and, the article said that changing jobs was one of the most stressful things that somebody can do in their life. And it ranked right up there with death. That's how <laughs> stressful it is. Gosh. And yeah, if you think about somebody that's been at a company for five or six years, they're in the routine, they know everything, they know the people, they know their boss, they know expectations to make a change and go to someplace different can be very uh, stressful. Right? So I think if you upfront have that honest conversation and dialogue and you build a relationship and a rapport with that person, that's going to, that's going to make the biggest differences in, and having somebody take a job, not a fancy, you know, social media page or a career page or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And even if they don't take the job this time around, they'll probably say good things about you as an organization and perhaps join later on. Uh, right. right. So, so what could companies do to supplement their employment brand? So I, th- I think there's a lot of things companies could do, you know, and, and this is my, sometimes my problem with employment brand is, you know, you, you typically have, you know, maybe a team that goes out and you have a management team of it, or maybe it's just an individual, or maybe it's just somebody in a part, you know, part of their, their daily task work on this employment brand. And they're happy because they're doing this great job and they've redone the website and, you know, they, they established the LinkedIn page and they've got Twitter up and going and all those great things. But it kind of stops somewhere in that in-between level and it never really goes up to the top and you don't have the top leadership exemplifying and leading or, you know, to what that employment brand is really supposed to be, you know, that it's been built. But but I think, you know, what companies can do, number one is you have to have the buy-in from the tallest level of the organization all the way down to the lowest level in the organization. You have to have the the buy-in all the way in and out. has to be buy-in. Companies can eliminate, work to eliminate bureaucracy, whether it's in a department or an organization. I don't know about you, but in my experience, people don't like bureaucracy. And the, and the more you can take out and the more you can avoid on it, the better it'll be. I also think it's important that everybody should be rated up and down from a 360 assessment. There's plenty of tools on the market. I'm sure most companies and organizations have them readily available. 
but it's been my experience that they, they're not widely used. And when they're used, they're avoiding people who might give them good and honest feedback. But I think it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things I've, I've been seeing a lot of it, especially on LinkedIn lately, where a lot of companies are doing away with the review, the performance reviews annual, just because it's like, I can't tell you how many experiences I've had in my entire uh, recruiting career where people have told me, man, it's the worst part of my year to get my annual review. And, and why is that? You're so happy. You should be happy to sit down with your supervisor or sit down with your boss and get that review and get all the praise and all the great things that you've done. But then at the same time, maybe get some coaching opportunities or areas of improvement or things that you can do better. But it seems like day in, day out, these annual reviews are just used for the once in the once a year to, to hammer somebody and all the bad things that you did all year, which you had no clue that you were doing. Mm. So I think if you could, you know, do some type of tool regularly where you can have like a 360 review so that you can, as a leader, you can get feedback from the top, from below you and from the sides and all around you, that would be ideal. So you can really, if you, if you care about it, really make the adjustments and be a better person, be a better leader, be a better manager. I think you could even go toward, you know, maybe doing quarterly feedback sessions versus just a one-time annual review. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it's, that's why there's, there's regular check-ins, there's regular reviews, there's things that you can do along the way. And I think, you know, people should and companies should invest in like leadership and even communications training. And a lot of companies will say, well, yeah, we, we do that. We do that. We spend, you know, we have this firm and we do this, or we do that. But it's one thing just to go and get a session and have a speaker come in for an hour and teach about leadership and communication versus actually having somebody come in, teach and train and actually see what results come out of it, measure results, drive the training through the organization, so forth and so on. So that way people get accustomed to it and they can put it at another tool in their tool belt to be better people leaders. So right. I think those are some of the things that, you know, just come top of mind for me. Yeah, I mean these these uh, these are all great recommendations, and I, I would say that these are it's really about improving the organization from from the inside, the culture and the uh, learning and development, and uh, yeah, and really upskilling people. And to me, that's really how you build a strong employer brand because that's going to manifest itself on the outside and and eventually on Glassdoor as well. You'd hope to get all these things right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if so, if you look into the crystal ball for employment brand, a should should uh, should there be a crystal ball? Should we continue doing this, Morgan? Uh, if so, what uh, what would be your one one or two tips to um, employer brand managers listening to this right now? <laughs> employer brand managers, you know, it's it's that's a tough question. It's a really tough question, and you know, my thought is is this: I would say if you if you wanted to change something. There's two things that, that I think you should change. One would be the reality and transparency. And number two, the communication. Mm. Those would be the top two things that you needed to change or you should change. I guess the, the bill, not million, but the billion dollar question is, well, how do you, how do you change those Morgan? What do you do there? So in my mind, the way I would see employer brand changing is, more transparency. So instead of me going to xyzwidgets.com and going to the careers tab and looking at all the wonderful things and all the, the parties and the picnics and the, the charity events and, you know, the awards won and all these other things, you know, tell me a little bit more about the challenges that the business faces. You know, 
tell me more about where there's opportunities for me to come in and make an impact. You know, mm-hmm. sure, sure, giving back to the community and, and going and you know volunteering in places is is I love that and it's part of me. It's what we what I do and I love to give back. But a lot of companies will do that. You can do that in a lot of places, right? You can do it on your own time. But for me, for me, my professional time, you know, tell me the challenges. What it can't every not everything can be rosy, right? So how do you communicate that? Because you know, it's like again going back to employing brand being a marketing piece. Could you imagine, let's just say, for example, Ford, right? Let's just say Ford, for example. Can you imagine Ford running an ad on, on a TV show or, our, I mean, on TV or in a newspaper and saying, hey, you know, here's our Ford, whatever car model it is, and it's a great model, but these are some challenges we're having right now, right? The uh, the brakes aren't working so well. The tires can c- come off at, you know, 60 miles an hour. I mean, nobody would buy the car, right? So that's the challenge of what's the mix and how do you relay those messages and those challenges where you can still be a, a, um, a transparent a good organization in your employment brand. And I, I think the second thing is, you know, communication is key for me. You know, I've been in executive search for quite some time. And I brought all the tools in my tool belt to inside, you know, the corporate companies that I've worked for. And I'll tell you, you know, in my opinion, the number one thing that people want, bigger than an employment brand or bigger than anything, is communication. Whether it's a text message, whether it's a an email, whether it's a phone call or a face-to-face meeting, people are tired. They're so tired of sending a resume and it goes into this quote-unquote black hole and trying to figure out how to, you know, beat an ATS or going on an interview and never hearing anything. You you can't even give somebody closure and a no. So, you know, those are things too that affect your employment brand in the big time. You could have the greatest career page and Facebook page and all these other things, but if there's like no communication and no relationship and dialogue, then to me, all those things can be pretty worthless. Absolutely. And I think uh, I'm, I'm seeing research about uh, no com- a poor communication or lack of communication being the number one frustration for, for candidates. So super important. And, and also, uh, I like what you said about authenticity, because I think a strong employer brand should be authentic and really it should, should appeal to, I don't know, the 10 or the 20 percent uh, for whom the, the job is right and then the other 80 percent they should feel that okay this is not the opportunity for me so they're going to opt out themselves so in a way if you presented warts and all then there shouldn't be any surprises uh, once someone becomes uh, an employee because that's when you that's when you get uh, some bad reviews on Glassdoor I think yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and and another thing I just add on top of that is just really I think I, I listened to one of your prior podcast with, um, I think it was Groupon. And I, th- I was listening to the gentleman, he talked about, you know, how their employment brands, really, they try to drive that through the organization. And that's great. That's really a great thing. It, it truly is because if you're going to invest the time and the money and the energy into creating something like this, then by golly, people should really live up to, you know, on a, on a core basis. And really mm-hmm. as a candidate, your first impression of this perceived marketing piece or employment brand, if you will, is going to be your first interaction on a, either on a phone call with a manager or a recruiter or a face-to-face interview, depending on your process. And if you don't see what they've been marketing out to you, you're going to see the disparity in it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, this has been fantastic. Where can our listeners uh, learn more about your work, Morgan? And uh, can they connect with you on social media somewhere? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you always always up to connecting with anybody and everybody on LinkedIn. It's Morgan Hofelt. Uh, you can find me on there. I'm also a, a pretty regular contributor on ere.net. And, uh, you know, I write often there. So I'm, I'm available on either one of those. And, you know, always look forward to connecting with people and sharing best practices and learning from each other. Because I think the only way we get better. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. All right, there you have it, folks. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you're not already to uh, the podcast at employerbrandingpodcast.com. Also, here at Link Humans, you might be wondering, what do we actually do? Are we connecting people all day, as the name implies? Well, kind of. We do help companies understand, define, and measure employer brand. Yes. So that typically means research, EVP development or refresh, and of course, deploying our employer brand index, employerbrandindex.co if you want to check out more. If you're in the market for any of the above, feel free to get in touch with me direct uh, at jorgen at linkhumans.com or head on over to linkhumans.com to learn more about what we do. Now that is it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Look forward to catching up next time. Hey, do! share a quote with i think it's applicable to to companies to people to uh you know especially to those I, I talk a lot to veterans military veterans getting out of the service and you know uh, moving into corporate america and i always tell them you know i, I learned a quote I, I learned something from a uh, an nba basketball coach years ago i had the chance to sit in on a, on a uh, presentation he was giving and he said don't chase money chase greatness and the money will follow and i think a lot of times as people we do that companies we do that and we forget to be great at things and we're just chasing, you know, the money or the end game there. But if we focus on greatness first and foremost, the money will always follow.